tried as much as possible to make it uh, understandable as possible. And I think if you did not fully grasp the message, the teaching, uh, the article following probably might have made it much more easier. How many of you have been on the beach? How many of you have been on the beach? Right. Pop, how old are you? You've never been on the beach. 35 years old, man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, when, oh, let me not use the beach swimming pool probably all of us should have been inside a swimming pool at one point in our lives right so is touching your feet with the water considered in or being in the water or splashing your face from the water of the beach or the swimming pool considered as uh, being in the water is not. So, what is considered being in the water? When your body, right, is within the water, right? We all agree on that, right? So, we do not or cannot consider. just splatting ourselves and putting our feet as being in water. Right? Are you then wet if you just, you know, just are you wet? Oh, I'm wet. I got wet. To be wet means you are drenched by the water. That means substances or the substance of that environment has, in a way, attached itself on you, right? On your clothes, your skin, correct? So, you are affected or only affected by the water when you are in it. You can't drown outside the water. Agreed? So, the, 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 the possibility of drowning can only be a reality, an experience, if you are in inside water. Unless you are in, you can't in any way drown. Unless it, it is by some other, maybe you are drowning of air. Agreed? So, the water can only impact you when you are in it. Agreed? Not when you touch it or meddle with it or 
when you are can the water have the potential to dictate what happens to you right outside water you're in control of your own body inside water there's a certain limit that you can exercise control beyond that is none of your control agreed agreed and 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 for you to get to that point really you probably have to be in the far reaches of the ocean right when you cease being in control now how can you expect the word of god to have any effect in your life if you are not in it the only time the please play man the only time where the word of god will have effect on you is if is the people sitting here oh the only time the word of god can only have effect on your life is if you are here so dabbling in the water produces nothing right just you know putting your feet inside the word means because the impact of it will never be realized and experienced by you so you look at your christian life and ask yourself how much impact does the word of god have in my life and that would tell you whether you are in the water or dabbling You see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? There's there's no chance. There's no possibility of the word having any impact on you until you are fully in it. To dabble in the word is not enough. In fact, it is dangerous. So for you to have the full import of the impact that the word of god can bring into your life your entire self has to be submerged in it to the point where you lose control of your life and your life becomes under the control dominion of the word of god so you can see that many of us have little to no impact from the world because we are devilers in the world we are like we are like we are like a person fully dressed for the beach fully dressed for the beach but then prefer just you know oh, i was swimming no you were running That is why our lives are not reflective of the words that come to us. The only way the only way we come into reality the only way we come into reality 
is when we have been fully yielded, submerged in the authority of the scripture, in the authority of the word of God. Make no mistake about it. Your life, you see, life will ex Oh, what happened? Oh, <laughs> life will expose your exposure to the world. Life will expose how much exposure you have given yourself to the word of God. You see, as a Christian, as a Christian, as one professing the faith of Christ, your entire life should be in Christ. And you must remember, Christ is the, you see, the revelation of Jesus we, we are handling, we are dealing with in this dispensation of time is, is the mystery of the world. So the most important ministry, the most important thing to the development, to the growth, to the life, to the function and operation of the Christian in the kingdom is the word of God. Everything else comes after. Even the spirit of God comes after. So to attain fullness in Christ, it has to attain stature in Christ, has to do with our immersion in the word of God. You see, your life in Christ is, is, is the product of, of the sacrifice and the redemptive work of Jesus. Your life in Christ is not in the redemptive work. After you accept the redemptive or the redemption of Christ, you become a new man. And the new man is given prescriptions to live by. And the prescriptions of the new man is to live by the life of Christ. Jesus. Oh no. Let me go back. Let me go back. But what I'm trying to say is the word, the word must be in you and you must be in the word. If there's any hope of you producing the consequences of the ability, power of the word of God. There's no other way. Deviation from that will result in destruction of life. It, it will. It's, 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 it's automatic because you're the source of your life. The Bible says being born again. The instrumentality, the agency of your new birth is the word. That means the sustenance of that life is the word. So if, if you're going to attain any understanding 
and any experience of the life in the new birth he says the preeminent thing must be what the word the preeminent thing must nothing else not nothing else nothing must have more preeminence no, more more superiority in your life than the word nothing if if the realities of the new creation life will be expressed through you because that is the origin of that life you have and its sustenance must be continued in the word if you continue in my word then are ye my disciples so it is in the continuation of truth in truth in the reality of the word that that reality becomes your experience So as Christians, you we need to re-inspect or, 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 or investigate really how, how we are conducting our lives. Our lives negotiated and navigated by the authority of the origin of our birth or other systems, internal systems, corrupted systems. I want to teach on something. I don't know if I will finish it today, but I want to begin teaching this morning on something that I believe will make you understand or rather will heighten your perspective on life and on the activities that surround life. And I think if you understand the scripture, and the history of creation from this perspective, it will help you safeguard against certain dangers that are on the way. I want to teach on genetic warfare. Genetic warfare. The spiritual battle between God and Satan is fought in genetics. I repeat it, the spiritual warfare between God and Satan is fought on earth is fought through genetics. <laughs> How God and Satan fight for the soul of humanity is through genetics. So there's been since the beginning of the rebellion of the angels and the rebellion of mankind a genetic warfare between heaven and the cohorts of darkness it has been ensuing whether or not we've seen it it has been ensuing and it is on the platform of this warfare that god will win his battle Everything God has done from Genesis to Revelation, all the activities surrounding the history of civilization has been on the bedrock of genetics. It is, it is this platform, genetics, that has really controlled the, the activities 
and the function of spirits on earth. When you understand this, you will realize why it's so important. Why it's so important. Not only to safeguard your soul, not only to safeguard your spirit, but to protect against all of your body. Your body. Because the, 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 the greatest value system among, among the order of spirits is the flesh, is the body. There is nothing more valuable in the cosmos than the body. There is nothing more valuable in the cosmos than the body. That's why all spirits gravitate to where bodies are. God knows how many, how many civilizations uh, exist in the universe. But where they all gather is here. The Bible says, who unto you? Who are we in the earth? For the devil and his enemies have been cast down. Not, not in Pluto, not in Mars, if they ever be such. On earth. Where did Jesus send his spirit? To earth. Why? Because earth is, is the ecology of the human body. So everything in our dispensation is about the genetics. Genetics. What are genetics? Genetics is, is, genetics is, is what they call heredity. It's, it's, it's the biological information in the books of heaven that is stored in your DNA. So everything about the biology of your life is spiritual. But it is written in code in your genes, in your DNA. I'll repeat it. Okay, let, I'll give you my definition. You get your de definition from dictionary. Read for us, Chris. Genetic warfare. You, you'll understand that what you have, what God has given you, what God has given you, the body you have, is the greatest commodity in the universe. And, and day in, day out, forces are fighting for it. Genetic, just type there genetics, you got it? Read No, 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 go, go, look for the meaning. Yeah. So it is the genetics that determines what type of organism you are, right? So genetics must be then biological information. Let me read you something. Hebrews. 
Hebrews and that's why ge genetics can affect the destiny of a man Hebrews chapter 10 quickly please Hebrews 10 you there verse number eight oh, okay Re read verse number seven wait read verse five so that you can get the context wherefore when he cometh into the world he saith sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not but a but a but a you have prepared for yeah you did not so so don't mind that right read verse 7 then he said so read but a body you have prepared for me verse 7 then he said yeah in the volume of the it is that is genetics that's what genetics is is biological information in the books of heaven read psalm 139 please psalm 139 psalm 139 verse number Number 16. Yeah. Thine eyes has seen my substance. Thine eyes has seen my substance. Thine eyes has seen my. Thine eyes has seen my. Not your body. Your what? What is he referring to? Your, 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 your genes, your DNA. You see, you are, you are the product of your DNA. I'll explain to you. Read. Thine eyes have seen mine, yet being un, and in thy book, all my, <laughs> in thy book, all my, Ashim, in thy book, all my, yeah, so the record of my life so who you would be where you would live your destiny he said in his book your your record the record the story of your life was written right yeah and in thy book all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them so they were written before your existence in this plane. So everything that you are going to be was written in the record. Now it was the angel that told Joseph to name Jesus, Jesus. That means in heaven, in his book, his name was written Jesus. 
So they could not name him any other name except the name that was already prescribed for him in the book about his life. And Jesus said, in, in what it is written of me, Lord, I come to do what is written in the volume of the book. So his entire life was living out what was written. So everything about him knew who he was to be, what he was to do, the color of his skin, the color of his eyes, his height, how tall he would be, how high he would be, his, his destiny, his social destiny, what would he do? It was written. The angel said he will save the people from their sins. Why? Because it was written in the book. So, so what is written then in the book, what God does in, the sub, in your substance is that he begins to write the code. That's what genetics is. is the biological makeup of an entity, of an organism. So you, you are biologically what has been written in the code. Are you understanding me? And the thing with genetics is that it is passed on. Because the code is in the DNA. You understand what I'm saying? DNA is like the, 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 the storage facility or the, 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 the biological book of the spiritual book. So DNA, which is uh, uh, deoxyribonucleic acid, right? They say it forms a nucleic strand. And it is in that DNA that, 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 that a pet, a, a, a code in the family. Okay, let me show you in the Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Read. Now, now, listen to what the Bible says. It says, the book of the gen Genesis. The book of the Genesis of Jesus Christ. Now, Genesis comes from the word genia. Genia means uh, 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 nativity. Right? But that's where you get the word genetics. That's where the English word borrowed its, its name genetics. And here it is translated as generation. In some other areas it's translated as what? In some other versions, an, an ancestral line. So you can read, this is the ancestry of Jesus. This is the nativity of Jesus. This is the genesis of Jesus. So, so, so through these men, you can, you can what? You can track the what? The genetics of Christ. And it is genetics that determines what tribe, all these other things. Tribe, all, all these things are determined from the genesis. So it's strange that the book, the first book in the Bible is called Genesis. Genesis, the first book in the Bible is called Genesis. Gen the book of generations. The book of ancestry. 
the book of genes, the book of nativities. The first book in the Bible, God calls the book of generations. The first book of the Bible is called genetics. The first book, the biological information of the human civilization. And I told you, it is in the genetics that destiny is prescribed, that destiny is predetermined. So your destiny is, is in the heredity of your parental lineage. And heredity really genes or heredity does not come from the mother. It must always come from the father. So it is the father. That's why when you read here, you don't, you don't hear women. There's no woman in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Not even Mary is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. She's only ge in the genealogy by, by what? By, by, as, by what? By marriage to Joseph. Because the genes of a child are passed through the father. So why do you say, why do you say a child looks like their father or their parents? How is it possible? It's written in the code. That's why a child can't be any different than their parents. It's written in the code. Personality, traits, characteristics, they're all planted in the genes. That's why a child from birth can do certain things that their parents does. And nobody taught them. Why? It's, it's the biological coding. It's written. It was, it, was, it was genetics that made, that made Isaac lie to the very same person at the very same nation and the very same lie that his father did. But he was not born when his father lied. Genetics. Your genealogy. And this has been the warfare in the celestial. The fight for genetics. So the body, really, the body is, 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 is only the expression or the expressor of the information written in the DNA. So whatever is written in the DNA, don't be surprised when you act like your father. When you act like your mother, don't be surprised. It's in the code. It's in... Jesus is called... Jesus is called the son of Abraham, the son of David. That's what Jesus is called. The son of Abraham, the son of David. Why? Why is Jesus called that? The son of David... I mean, the son of Abraham, the son of David. Then that's it. That's it. Jeff. That's all life is about. Christianity is about genetics. The spiritual warfare that is going on now is about genetics. 
The mark of the beast is about genetics. The anointing is about genetics. Sin is about genetics. Where does sin exist? Where? Where does sin, does sin exist in the spirit? Is sin a thing of the soul? Where is sin or, or original domicile? In the, he destroyed sin in the, because that's where it's hiding, in the genes. It is sin that stopped animals from talking. Because originally, animals could talk. How do you think the donkey... You see, that's why the only things, the things that were, 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 were pristinely possible in the garden can now only be possible by the anointing, by the empowerment of a divine spirit. Yet those things in... in, in 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 a uh, in pristine uh, 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 state of the garden, those things were normal. But when the fall came, when sin entered the gene, there was a new coding written. That's why, no matter how good a person can be, without Jesus, they cannot but sin. You will always sin. Ask yourself what what with your own sins, with your own things. Why do you keep doing the thing that you're doing? Paul says, I do the thing that I don't want to do, but the thing that I don't want to do, I don't do. Why? He says, because of the working of sin. It's a coding. It's a hijacking of the, one, of the original intent of God in your life. And that is why every man that is born from Adam is born a sinner, not because of the deeds of sin, but because of their genetics. So sin was in the genes. And every time any offspring that came from Adam seeded a woman, the offspring was a sinner because of genes, because of DNA. That's why you can't say sin is a spiritual thing. It's a, it's, it's, it's a genetics thing. Sin is a genetical thing from Adam. So that if, if, if you can do an in investigation of your life, you know where you will end up? Adam. And you know what, what tells you? The trace is the sin. You know what they say in economies, right? In, cor in corruption, investigation, follow the... Follow, if you follow the money, you will get to the source. With you, if you follow the sin, you will get to the source. The, the sin will lead you to your father. Adam. The Bible calls him the father of humankind. Yes, even if you, 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 you start from, from Abraham or from Noah, you, you, will, you will reach Adam. Read, read Luke. I'm going to show you something. Let me show you something. And there's a reason why Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is the father, I mean, uh, the, the, Jesus is the son of Abraham and David. There's a reason. That means there was a genetic cut off from Abraham to Jesus. So that the seed, the offshoot of what? Of, of Adam could not affect that genealogical line. It's about genes. 
and genetic warfare. Let's read, let's read. I said, uh, read Luke. Luke uh, chapter, I think it's chapter 2 if I'm not mistaken. Chapter 2 or chapter 3. Yeah, chapter 3. Luke, Luke chapter 3. Uh, verse number 23. Read please. And Jesus himself began to be about. And Jesus began. Verse 23, chapter 3, Luke. And Jesus began to be about 30 years of age. Being as supposed, as supposed, as supposed, the son of Joseph, which was the son of, right? Let's read from verse 37. Which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jareth, which was the son of Mahalel, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth. But Seth is the third son of Adam. Why isn't Jesus coming through the, the, the bloodline of Cain? Cain is the firstborn. We know we can't come through the bloodline of Abel because Abel was killed. But Seth is the third son. Why is Cain excluded from the bloodline of Christ? And that tells us that humanity from Adam has two branches of what? Of bloodline. The bloodline of Cain the bloodline of Seth. And it is through that bloodline of Seth who was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So the first son that God had was Adam. And Adam gave birth to Seth. The Bible doesn't include in the genealogy, in the genetical uh, lineage of Jesus, it does not include Cain. Yet Cain was the firstborn of Adam. Tell me it's not about genetics. If it is not about genetics, what is it about? The warfare in the galaxy. What Satan wants is the coding. That's what he wants, is the coding. That's why Satan, Satan is more happy. Satan is more happy having control over the, the ancestral line or the bloodline of a family than any other thing. Because it, it is through that genetical line, ancestral line, that it can manipulate certain things. That's why it's, it's sin that hijacks the genes. The biological information about your life instead of going this way you find yourself going that way against your will telling you that genes or genetics is much stronger than what your will you cannot overpower what's written in you see the only hope for overpowering is the blood of jesus why why does he offer us blood why does he offer us blood because the, the, the coding of a new life is there. So you've got your DNA and you've got, you've got your RNA. Your RNA is what transport information throughout your entire system to tell you what you should do, who you should be.
Aleluya. In you is written. So in you, you have the information of hundreds, if not thousands of years of family life in you. Is there. Genesis. Let's look at something. Genesis chapter 3. See, that's why as a Christian, the most important thing for you is to be in the world. Because otherwise, what you will find doing, you will find, you will find manifesting, expressing the, the, the coding of your bloodline. The one that gave you seed. The one that gave you, you will find do. <laughs> I, was, I was sharing with you uh, the, when I was talking to you about the womb. I was sharing about my own life. Right? How if he had not been for, 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 for the power of the Spirit of God, I probably would have went in the, in the way, in the path of, of my ancestral line. Whether you choose it or not, there are circumstances, situations. You see, your, the coding in you, the genetics, it, 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 it informs the spiritual forces, the spiritual circumstances that are responsible for the navigation of life. To say, bring this, they'll force you. You find yourself going into arenas of life you did not even think you could. And you ask yourself, Pila, 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 why am I like this? Genetics. I mean, if, if character, personality can be passed on. Utolu's born and now Mamti Marala Utano Fanana. Nanu Muma, Chumara, inside. Either Fanana or Baba, or it's a mixture. Umangala, I answer the very same things Ozien Zile at your age. Uveletuna 23, na 23. Out of the blue, the child may have been a good child from the time, but when 23 starts, something begins to happen. You hear the term history always repeats. Why? The Cody. You are a host. So, so if 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 you, you have four generations of Mike. That's what the Bible says, God visits sin, even unto the fourth generation. That's how long sin lasts. The sins of the father penetrate through each generation. So, Utole, you are the fourth generation. So, this one precedes this one, right? This one grows. He does everything, everything. It's coded. It's coded. It's coded. And certain things that you do, certain things that you eat, they, they mutate your gene. They change your genetics. They change your DNA, the structure of your DNA. You get viruses, bacteria that mutate themselves as RNA. So the, the viruses start becoming the DNA instead of the RNA. What is RNA? RNA is the transportation system of the information in your DNA. So RNA comes to your DNA and he says, oh, let's look at Mike, what color should he have? DNA pulls out the coding, brown eyes. Why? Because the coding comes from who? Comes from the father of Mike. So the DNA says, no, brown. 
This is, this is what's written in the coding of that bloodline. Brown, RNA comes, goes to the, to the eyes where the color of the eyes is formed. It says, brown. Now, some viruses, when they come, because of the things you eat, ingest, your actions, your deeds, the, 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 the viruses come as an RNA. It goes to your DNA. Instead of asking for information, you know what it does? It starts attaching itself, trying to mutate the DNA, and it ends up becoming the DNA instead of the RNA. So there's a, there's a, there's a confusion in your system. Now, the original DNA from your parental line is saying you have to have brown eyes. Then there's another one here, which is a, a hijacker that has mutated itself as a DNA. So it has some RNA going to it and some RNA going to the original one. This is Mike. So Mike lives his life, does whatever. Then he decides to marry. When he marries, he, he gives birth to a child. That's why the Bible says it is only in marriage that the children are sanctified, are made holy. Where? Where made holy? Where? It's in the genes. So Mike then gives birth to Neo. So all the crap of Mike is stored and is passed through the seed into Neo becomes his father and what? more from what his father got from somewhere else, his father. So, Nero becomes his father, his grandmother, his, I mean, his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather. So, while Nero is growing up, he realizes that there are certain things in him that, no, man. And he knows it in his mind that, no, I'm not supposed to be like this. He feels limited. He feels clogged up. No, it's not that you are clogged up. It's that inside you, there's what? There's genetic war. One part of you wants this way, the other part of you wants this way. The original part that is coded from heaven wants this way, but the bloodline wants this way. So what begins to happen is that spiritual forces look at that and they hijack and create circumstances that make sure that they perpetuate the adversity of a generation. Mike's, Mike, his father, couldn't last in marriage. Here's Neo. He wants to be a good boy. He grows up, he marries. Can't last in marriage. And then, Mike, Neo gives birth to Chris. Now, Chris has to deal with three generations in him. It's genetics. Three generations Chris is dealing with in him. Is there hope? You, you can't run away. That's, that's why the Bible says God sent Jesus in the likeness of sinful flesh that he through the flesh might destroy sin. Why is sin such a big deal to God? Why sin? Why, I mean Jesus was sent to eradicate sin. 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 Why is sin such a big deal? It's because of the complexity it creates in the genes of a human. I'm just talking to you to try and show you why certain things in your life 
and in life in general are the way they are. Every war that's been fought has been fought on the bedrock of genetics. World War II in Germany. Why did, why, did Hitler, why did Hitler kill so many Jews? Why? Why did Hitler kill so many Jews? Every human wicked atrocity, its bedrock was in genes. When, when, when America... When, I mean, when, when, when English people uh, migrated to North America, why did they kill the Aborigines uh, Indians? Why did they eradicate them? Why in the world today do we have a superiority complex in races? Where one race feels that the other race is lower than them. It's not, it's not about economical uh, differentiations. It, it's about, it's about infl information implantation in the genes. Let's read your Bible. Let's read your Bible. Hallelujah. So whether you know it or not, you are, you, you are, you are in a genetic warfare. In your family and in the world, whether you know it or not, you are part of a great cosmic genetic warfare. You are part of it. When Paul says, when I came, when sin revived, I died. How? What, what is this guy saying? You see, when you read the Bible, you must understand that the Bible does not have language for the words and the meanings and the expressions that we have and use in our, in our day. Born out of substance. He could have said genes. He could have said DNA. Why? There's no language for DNA. You, you see that? G Genesis chapter 3. Hallelujah. So when you are born, your mother comes with 23 chromosomes. Right? That's, that's the information about information from your mother. The hereditary, uh, hereditary uh, information with your mother. And then there comes the father. With other 23, 20, 23 or 24. Comes with it. But with this one, is the coding of so it is the father that determines whether a child, an offspring, will be a son or a daughter. It's not the mother. Why was the angel so sure that Mary would give birth to a son? What, what was, why was the angel so sure? That's why they, they've done a, a research now that men globally excrete far less uh, sperm than they did 
10 years ago. They say that the global sperm count of men has reached its lowest ever. And it's not even, it's not surprising that there's been a demasculinity of manhood around the world. Why is it with the rise of homosexuality, there's a decrease in sperm count? Is, 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 these things are, are, are not accidental. They are not accidental happenings. Happenstance, no. No. They're saying now more and more women have become infertile. How? What? What happened? What's going on? Why is the physiology, why is there an attempt to alter the physiology of the human being? Genetics. Because, because genes are hosts. They're hosts. That's why sickness lives in the genes. But why why Konogria Maho will for 40 years ago? When now to 40. Overlay the same thing that killed your mother. It was guy. It was hidden in the genes and activated at a certain time. How did you know that it must activate when you are 40? How? Who told it to activate? told it? Who whispered to it? You know about my 600 life pound? My 600 pound life? You know that one? The grandmother is fed, the mother is fed, the daughter, 16 years old, is fed. Where, where, where was she trained in, in the technology of becoming big? Who taught them? See, they ate so much until, until their, their habits became them. They were written. One day I was praying. It took me 14, uh, 12, 12 years to understand this. One day I was praying. And the Spirit of God said to me, Son, your thoughts can alter your DNA. I never understood it. 12 years it took me to understand. Since your thoughts can alter your DNA. 12 years. 12 years. I couldn't understand, I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't wrap my mind around that statement. Hallelujah. Who are you? It's, it's written. Let's read, can we read? Can we read? Genesis chapter 3. Verse 14, please. Verse 14, we, we know the story, right? 
But I want us to focus on verse 14 and investigate certain things. Alright? Let's look at verse 14, please. And the Lord God... Now, we had already established this many times, that the serpent was... 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 The serpent was... Hey, the serpent was... Hey, the serpent was... Who was the serpent? Hey, who was the serpent? Who was the serpent? Who was the serpent? Who was the serpent? The devil was the... We already established that fact. He was the serpent in... Behind the... Yeah. Right? And I want you to hear what God says to Satan. What God says to the serpent. Alright? Alright? Let's read. Read. That's why it's important where, where you marry. It's very important where you marry. See, when you marry, when you marry someone, you need to ask, you need to ask about their history. <laughs> you need, you, because for your children's sake, you need to ask, is there, are there, Perpetual or penetrating generational crossing diseases in your family. So that even when you are praying for your marriage, you know, okay, this is an area I must attack. Ashifa, you are marrying somebody with a family bloodline of barrenness. Or I'm loving you, you loving her. Bam, you try everything, I'm going to grab her. Whereas if you knew, you can make it an area of spiritual warfare. Let's read it, please. 14, yeah? And the Lord God said unto him, Because thou hast done this, thou art above all, above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly thou shalt go, and thus thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. And listen what God says to God. I will put an, yeah, hatred between thee, between who? The serpent. Between thee and I'll put enmity, God. God put enmity, hatred between. Now, this is this is based on the previous actions. Right? The woman listened to the serpent. And based on that thing, God said, I will put hatred between you and the and the woman. God is talking to the serpent. He says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman. So, Satan will have deep hatred for and woman for but it's more on Satan. Right? Then listen to what why did God 
do that. Okay, I'll answer in the next in the next uh, series. And between between no, leave seed there, put offspring or child or children. Between oh, let's just say children. Between thy and her. So the child shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now I want you to focus on what God says. I'll put enmity between your seed. Now here's a question you must ask yourself. Did Satan or the serpent have progeniting or pro, uh, 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 reproduction capabilities before or after God cursed him? Did he have seed producing organs before or after? Because God is talking to a spirit here. And are to this, are to Satan, I will put enmity between your seed, your seed. So God is acknowledging and recognizing that Satan has seed. Seed, physical seed, physical offspring. So could Satan give birth now? That's what you must, that's what you must begin to ask. Could Satan give birth before, before, before the curse or after? Let's ask a question. Was, was, was the seed that the Holy Ghost implanted in Mary physical seed? Or spiritual seed. Yeah. It was. It was. But why isn't Jesus spiritual? Why is Jesus human being? Remember. Biologically. In order for a child to be produced. An offspring to come. There has to be. The, the host. The egg of the woman, right? And the seed, the sperm of a man, right? You're old, right? You're old enough, you'll learn these things at school, right? The sperm of a man, right? The sperm is the seed, is the life-giving principle in that whole, in that whole transaction, right? Without the seed, there's no way a woman can give birth. Mary asked the angel, how shall these things be seeing that I do not know a man. And the angel's reply was this, the Holy Spirit shall overshadow thee and that holy thing of, and the power of the Most High, and that holy thing of God shall what? Be birthed in you. Now the question is, did the Holy Ghost provide physical sperm or spiritual? It had to be. How, why spiritual? Because God is spiritual. So the seed had to be a spiritual seed. But Jesus was a man. Jesus was not a ghost. 
he was not a no I, I want you to understand this that is about genetics it's about genetics so so was the seed the sperm provided by the Holy Ghost physical or spiritual it was so that means spirits have reproductive capabilities I will repeat that means spirits have reproductive capabilities now this is the birth of Jesus we are analyzing we are not analyzing the new birth because the new birth is what is was by some system I'm talking about the birth of Jesus there was no possibility of Mary ever conceiving either through a man or a spirit without seed. So the implantation or the impregnation of Mary was a spiritual one. But the spirit had to take his seed and put it in the conception dimension of many that means spirits spirits have reproductive capability god said to satan your seed that means satan could give offspring he had the power to reproduce he had the power to he had the power to reproduce what physical offspring remember man is an offspring of a spirit So there must be some spiritual thing that happens during intercourse or during the process of mating. There must be some spiritual thing where the spirit leaves heaven and enters into the womb of a woman. So there has to be some spiritual thing that happens in the seed and in the uh, fertility egg of a woman. There, there has to be. We are not biologists, so we cannot comment on that. But spiritually, we can see that there has to be something that goes on in that arena to ensure a possibility. Because man, in reality, is a spirit. Man, in reality, is a spirit. So the Holy Ghost looked for a host, and she found that Mary was fitted, man scalar. She was fitted to host the Holy See. And it means in Genesis chapter 3, God made prophetic allocation, permission for what? For Satan to do what? To proliferate a section or a portion of the earth with his seed, his physical offspring. So why is God setting, setting the tone for the warfare between the serpent and the woman's seed? upon the precipice of genetics it's not a spiritual thing it's a genetical thing it's about the seed it's about the seed of the woman crushing the head of the of the serpent seed and the serpent seed bruising the heel it's genetics so the real warfare is not really between God and man 
but it is between man and man. It is between the offspring of God and the offspring of Satan. Herein are the children of God and the children of the devil divided. So this is not just a warfare that you are, you are fighting and have been fighting about your bloodline. No, it goes deeper than that. God set the, he set the ring. He said you will fight within this parameter. So there are certain explorations, certain uh, uh, experiments that will be done in the genetic ecology that will determine the battle. That's why when Satan is risen after the 1,000 years for the last battle, when he rises up, the Bible says he goes to Gog and Magog to the four corners of the earth to bring forth an army. The army is an army. Now, how, how can, at that time, how can Satan, here's logic, use your mind, use your mind. The Bible says that Satan, after he's, he's unbound, Right? He will go to the four corners of the earth to Gog and Magog and bring out an army as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. But we just had a thousand years of peace. Where is that army coming from? It can't be an army that was reigning with Jesus. Because who would want to betray Jesus after, after a thousand years of peace and reign on the earth? So that means that Gog and Magog is actually a gateway to where? To the place where the dead are being held for what? The second resurrection unto condemnation. The Bible talks about two resurrections. The first resurrection is a resurrection to life. The second resurrection is a resurrection to condemnation. The resurrection to condemnation is, is the army that Satan is going to deceive to go against the Lord. And that is the final fight between the sons of God and the sons of the devil. Just blessed are those, blessed are those who have what? Who have been severed from the first death. Because the second death, the Bible says there are two deaths. The second death has no power over them. That means there is a generation of devils, there's a generation of spirits, there's a generation of men that will die twice, that will die now, and they will die after the thousand years of the millennial reign of Christ. And that is, the Bible says, the offspring of Satan, the, the, the seed of the serpent. So there is a genetic warfare going on in the earth right now, and you are a part of it. So God said to the serpent, you'll see. That means God gave, there was, there was, there was a sovereign declaration, a sovereign edict for, for permission to be granted that Satan have his offspring. That's what the Bible calls Cain, the son of the devil, the son of the serpent. Literally, what made him the son of the serpent? He murdered. When he murdered, he altered his genes. He altered his genetics. His bloodline, his lineage, no longer came from Adam. He came from Satan. Because Jesus said from the beginning, he was a murderer. That's one of the reasons, sorry boy, that's one of the reasons the Bible says, no man who lies can partake in the new Jerusalem. Because the devil is a liar from the beginning. 
He's the father of lies. So if you live by lies, if you have no place. The Bible says he delights in truth in the inner parts. So the corruption that is going on is a corruption of genes. Why? Because genes is what autonomizes your actions. So if he can get to the place where, where the control center is autonomized, he's got you. Your seed, your seed, your offspring, your descendant. That's why the Antichrist is called the son of perdition, the son of the devil. That means the devil must have found a woman somewhere who was fitted, who was prepared, who was raised to host the womb, the seed for the Antichrist. That's why the Antichrist will not come from some alien spaceship. No, he will come from the womb of a woman. He will have powers in the spirit, powers in the... He'll be able to influence governments, influence kings, because he's from a man. That's why the Bible says, if you read the Bible, the Bible always calls Jesus the son of man, the son of man. The, why, was, why was God pestering that revelation into the souls of humanity? He was the son of man, the son of man. When the son of man returns, when the son of man returns, when, why? Because he's, he's, he's bound eternally to man. That's why God can't, couldn't fight for man until he himself became a man. His genetics. To become like Jesus means that his genetic coding is imprinted onto yours. And not only that, it supplants it, it overrides the coding of sin. That's why you are not like Jesus the spirit, you are like Jesus the man. That's why when you are born again, the life of your father, the coding of your generational bloodline is disrupted, is destroyed. The Bible says it's supplanted. He says to those who received him, he gave them the authority, the power to become the sons of God. Not according to the will of men, nor of flesh, nor of blood, but according to God. That's why I told you in the beginning, to live that life, you must be plunged. You must be baptized in the sea from which you come from. Supernaturally, uh, uh, super, supernaturality is in your blood. Is in the blood of Christ. That's why, that, that's why Jesus said, the, the prince of this world come, but he has nothing in me. Why? There, there was no genetic code that resonated with Satan. That's why I'll talk about it later on. That's why fasting is the, is the most powerful instrument given to man. Is the first commandment in the Bible fast from this tree 
Because it is fasting that, in, 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 that, that, that protects, that keeps your genetic integrity. It is fasting that, that, that reshapes, realigns. That's why it was after he went to fast 40 days, he came with power. Why? Because he was shedding off the, all the genetic coding, all the genetic writing of Joseph. So all he had was Joseph what? Joseph life. Joseph access into earth. But now he lived by the spirit. That's why I told you. He said to you, he said to you in, in Romans chapter 6. He said, he said, reckon yourself dead to sin. He said all you need to do to switch off and switch on certain DNA capability is to record, is to count, is to, is to think, oh my God. That you can say, I'm dead to sin. You are dead. You are dead to it. Hallelujah. Your seed. Your seed. Your seed. So there was an allocation. Granted Satan. To birth forth offspring, to play in the genome arena, in the genome pool. That's why we have strange species, homosexuality. That's a change in the physiology. It is an attempt to alter the genetic code of a human. Bible says he made a male and female, male and female. Now, when a male wants to be a female and a female a man, what's that? It's an alteration, an attempt to alter the genetic code. That's why there were cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, there were cities. And Sodom and Gomorrah was not the only one. There were many other cities where these things were going on. Bestiality. You, if you read the laws of God in Exodus, you, you will notice that he spoke about a man shall not sleep with the beast. Why, why is God giving such laws? He says any man found sleeping with the beast, he must be killed. Why? Because those are things that were practiced. Bestiality. That was it. The unclean man, the unclean woman shall be driven out, shall be killed from among you. That's why you can't be a Christian and say and accept all this homeless. No, you, you, your hell is your lot. Hell is your lot. You see, Satan is trying to get as many people unfit for heaven as he can. And the only way to do that is not through salvation, but through the genetic manipulation of their bodies. Because salvation is for humans. Salvation, salvation is for humans. Salvation is for humans. Adam sinned, not dog, not cat. So because of the sin of man, creation is in bondage. Creation, <laughs> creation is involved, but man, 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 man is who Jesus came from. Jesus didn't come like a dog or like a wolf or like a beast. He came as a, in the likeness of man. So once you see he's to be recognized genetically as a human being, you are not fit and what are therefore what dismissed from what? That's why when God sees that a man or a servant or a child of his is busy in sin or busy in things that can corrupt his flesh. He kills him. 
for what that his flesh may be destroyed but his spirit if your flesh is altered before your spirit goes there is no way you enter there no way because you have denied the cross and trampled the blood of the son of god underfoot so for you there no longer remains occasion for salvation but sure judgment genetics You'll understand the, the number one goal of Satan. The number one platform of spiritual warfare is genes. Why did Satan, why? I mean, Satan could have done anything. But why did he corrupt all flesh in Genesis? Why did he corrupt? Let's read Genesis. Let's read Genesis chapter 6. Let's read Genesis chapter 6. Verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. And daughters were born. So there was, there was a, a, a period of time, a phase of time where every, every other birth was a daughter was a daughter was a daughter so when daughters began to increase on earth that's why it is a strategic thing that there are more women than there are men on earth <coughs> there are more women than there are men that means that means <laughs> if if there are five billion women and two billion women, uh, uh, men that means only 2 billion can marry. The possibility of marrying. The other 3 billion women can't marry. Who, who then are they left to? You must understand how Satan primes a generation. And you must know that out of that 2 billion, not all women will marry. Because, because probably maybe 15% of the men will be homosexual. Out of, out of, out of 50%, how, how much is left? 85%. From that 85%, some will divorce. So, so the pool from which women can draw from is very few. The pool from where women can draw from is very few. Probably only about one, one billion or to five hundred million to one billion are, are, are marriage material of all the men that exist. Yet there, there, there is an offset, imbalanced amount of women. Five billion to 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 have a pool from. That's why you see you see why Solomon could marry, could have a, a thousand concubines. There were more women. He historically. It's been like that. 
Why? Who are the other, other three billion left for? Other four billion left for? When daughters began to be born unto men, that the sons of God, read it, that the sons of God saw, saw the daughters of men. The word they saw, uh, saw that they were fair. It is not fair, it's beautiful. The word is not really beautiful. It means they saw that they were fitted to give birth. That means that, remember, to cross hybrid, right? An ikati. Right? The host will die. The one that's receiving the seed. If, if the female cat is a woman, and, and the woman will die. Because to cross hybrid is dangerous. It's dangerous. And it's not permitted. Species can only cohabitate with species of its kind. You understand? A, a tiger and a lion can crossbreed because they are the same species. But the risks of death are high. And there are abnormalities that would what? That would. So you cannot cross hybrid. It's dangerous. So spirits and men can't cross hybrid. It's dangerous. So they, they must have waited for a time where it was what? possible and where the wombs of the women were what were fitted were primed to be able to receive angelic seed so they must have helped them reach that point remember remember when uh, who was it who was it Rachel couldn't give birth she went to one of her one of her maids right and they gave her a plant remember Remember, they gave her a plant to eat. She ate the plant. She went and slept with Jacob. She became pregnant. But yet she was buried. So there, there, are, there must have been some manipulations of what? Of drugs that they gave them. Of herbs, of foods that they gave them to prepare their bodies and their womb to become hosts. Because if they just went in and slept with them, they would have died. And remember, the, the children that were born to them were giants. They were five times larger than the frame of a woman. So how could their wombs contain so, such big beasts? And you must understand, inside, they were, they were what? They were hybrids. They were hybridization of spirits and men. So they were not normal. They were called Nephilims. So when they saw, that means there was a time in that civilization where they saw that now they are ready for us. Now we can go into them. Read. When they saw that the daughters of men were born unto them, that the Son of God saw that the daughters of men were what? Were fair, were fitted, were ready. Were what? Were ready. And they took wives of all which they chose. So one angel can, could have five, ten wives. Didn't matter how many. There was more women going. That's why I'll put everything between your seed and a seed. And the Lord said, 
My spirit shall not always strive with man, for it's also flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. So giants were genetic offspring of what? Of angels. Giants. Nephilim. The word there is Nephilim. And there were two speciations. There were giants and then there were the mighty ones. Two different kinds. The mighty ones were the Nephilims. The giants were giants. And, it was, it was, and there was a warfare. They began to eat each other. What could sustain a giant? Human food? No. So angels began to sleep, sleep with beasts. That's why you find in, in mythology, you find all these sea creatures like a mermaids, half human, half fish. Where do you think those ideas come from? Dagon, you know Dagon, the god of the Philistines? He was what? Half fish, half man. How did he become that? He was, he's a son of a fallen angel. You look at all those pharaoh hieroglyphics, those Egyptian hieroglyphics in pharaoh in the, in the pyramid. You see, you see, you see the pharaohs. They had a face of a peacock, some a face of a lion, and the body of a man. Where do they get all those things? Those are their fathers. That's how civilization came, came from. Says there were giants in those days and afterward. Afterward means that, the, that even though that God stopped the act, the genes allowed for what? A perpetuation of what? That experience. So there was something in the genetic code afterward that was hidden, waiting to do what? Waiting to be activated. And that's why when Cain, I mean, when Ham sinned, God cast Okay, I mean, Abraham, Noah cast uh, 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 Canaan. And when he cast Canaan, that's why, okay, I'll read you, I'll read you, I'll read you. I'll read you. I'll read you. How, 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 how was it possible that, that even after God destroyed that generation of men, they are still giants. They were still giants. They were still Nephilims. I will show you. I will show you. And when the sons of men came unto the daughters of men, you see that? And they bare children to them. The same became what? Mighty men. Notice, they became mighty men. They became gibbons. Mighty men. Children of fallen angels. And were men of renown. Now, listen to what God says. And God saw the wickedness of men that it was great. Right? And that every imagination of the thought of was evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Then notice what God says. Both man and wife beast. Delay the beast. Why, why, why is the penalty coming on the beast also? Delay the beast. They have also committed wicked acts with spirits. And man. That's why you find creatures like Chiron, uh, uh, Chirons, uh, half, half goat, half man. If you know the demon god Baphomet, Baphomet is half goat, half man. Where are all those things coming from? Genetics. It's, it's a genetic 
warfare that you are engaged in. Let's read, let's read. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to, I want to, I want to read, I want to read you verse 12. Let me read uh, verse 11. Let me read verse 9. Let's read verse 11. And earth also was corrupt before what? God. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. Now I want you to hear what God says was corrupt. What area or part of the earth was corrupt? Now, look at what area and what part of the earth was corrupt. Read. Ah! For all, for all, for all, for all had done what? So, all flesh had genetically gone through what? A morphing, a transformation. All flesh. That's why God had to destroy all flesh. Because all flesh was genetically compromised. And, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with earth. So among other things that happened there, in violence, there was what? There was genetic cross-hybriding. There was genetic sinful acts that were going on. Angels sleeping with men, men sleeping with animals. So all flesh was corrupted genetically. And God said, I'm destroying everything. Why did Satan attack the genetics? So that means in that era, in that generation, 98%, 99.5% of everybody was genetically compromised. And God had no choice but to destroy them. And what did Jesus say? The days of the coming of the sons of man will be like the days of Noah. That means in, in the repeat of the Noah saga, what will begin to happen is that there will be what? A genetic attempt to corrupt all flesh. And it has been going on for millennia. 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 It has been going on for millennia. Millennia it has been going on. Why is humanity at its lowest in health rate? Why? Genetic warfare. Genetic warfare. I said what? Genetic warfare. So the only way Satan can, can win here is if he compromises the genes of the entire world. He knows it. He almost won in Genesis. He almost, he almost won. You see, had God, had God, had Noah not been found perfect, God would have to go and start the garden again. God would have to change time again. He'd have, he'd have to end that dispensation entirely and go back to the drawing board. There's a reason why Noah was the only one that was saved. It was not happenstance. It was not a coincidence. 
Noah, Noah is of the genealogy, is of the genetic bloodline of Seth. Noah's great-grandfather was Enoch. And in the days in which Noah was born, Enoch was already there on earth. Methuselah is the father of Lamech, who was the father of Noah. And Methuselah, being the son of Enoch, was the one that reared Noah in the days or in the ways of the Lord. Because before, you must understand, Noah was the only one because a, a, a few centuries before the advent of the Antiluvian flood, God put all of the saints, all of the genealogical bloodline of, of Seth to sleep. He put all of them to death. That's why you can, uh, you can, you can see Noah was the only, because he was the only one that was left. Just before the flood, probably 120 years before the flood, everybody died in that, in that generation. Why? To preserve them. Where are Noah's uncles? Where are Noah's nephews? And to show that marriage is, is a powerful force. Only those who were married to him were in the ark. Not because they were pure, but because they were sanctified by the union. That's why it was only eight. No more than eight. And he says the days of the son of Noah will repeat themselves. That means we will enter a phase of genetic warfare like never seen before. Let's read yeah, chapter 9. I want to show you something in chapter 9. A few more minutes and we'll pray. Are we there? Read verse 9, please. Verse 9, Genesis 6. Verse 9, chapter 6. Genesis. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a, he was a righteous man. He was righteous before God. In other words, he obeyed the ordinances of God. He observed the ordinances of God. And secondly, Noah was a, Noah was a, read, read, I want you to read that full part. Noah was, Noah was, Read, read, Noah was in his Noah was in his generations. So in his, in his genealogy, Noah was the only one that was left, that was perfect. I'll, I'll put it in another way and then I'll tell you the meaning. Noah was the only one in his genealogy that did not have any defects in his genes. He was not defected in his genes. Because the word perfect there, you know what the word perfect means? Tamim. Tamim. Tamim is a Hebrew word that means without blemish. Without spot. Without wrinkle. Without defect. So it is not a moral perfection in that 
Noah was, was no, he was not perfect. Uboni, Uboni, what happened? He became the drunkard. He was not perfect. Because if you, if you call that perfection, then something is wrong. So he was not morally perfect. He had a right relationship with God, observing the laws of God. But then he was also something, that is what that qualified him for the preservation. Because remember, God was looking to preserve what? Seed. A generational pathway through which the Christ could come. So he had to look for a man that, that had all the characteristics of Adam when he made him. Because he can't continue with a bloodline that is stained or marred not only by Satan, but by this angelic hybridization that has taken place, which has corrupted the, the flesh, the DNA, the genetics of man. So he looked for a man who was perfect in his generations, who was tamim, who was without blemish. Let, 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 me, let me show you so that you can see that it's not a moral, it's not a moral thing. Let me show you. Because most of where this place is used is used in the offerings. Let me show you. Go to uh, Exodus. Go to Exodus, chapter 12, verse 5. Let's read, please. Exodus, chapter 12, verse 5. Let's read, please. So tell me, what, moral, what morality, what morality is there in a realm? Yeah? So is it, is it a moral uh, 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 perfection? No, it's something in his... So he said, don't bring me here a blemished realm. <laughs> oh, that's Tamim. Let's read another place. Uh, chapter 29, verse 1. Chapter 29, Exodus, verse 1. Let's read, please. Yeah. Yeah, take. And two rams. Oh, Leviticus chapter 1. Wow. That's to me. So Noah was without blemish. Genetical or genetic blemish. So he had retained the integrity of his humanity. He was not mixed with animal DNA, not mixed with uh, angelic DNA. Baba Mbalona Leberekela, the hybrids. Boss, 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 I'll get hybrid. There's a law in the universe. You, you don't rise unless and until you sleep with a spirit. You, you must enter into bed with a spirit before you can begin to manipulate the powers in that dimension. When Jesus began to rebuke Jezebel in, in Revelations, he said, he said, my servants who have committed fornication with her, who have lied on her bed. 
When they talk, the Bible talks about Babylon. The Bible says, Babylon, Babylon, the great mystery, the mother of all hallows, who has committed fornication with the nations of the earth, with the kings of the earth. So you don't, you don't attain power without being initiated into the mysteries of Babylonic operations. You must sleep with the woman. You must sleep. You must lie with Babylon. Every president that has not confessed allegiance to Christ, I can tell you, I can assure you, they have, they have been initiated in the mysteries. They have done some things that will shock you. Slept with men. Oh my God. Slept with animals. Is the law of ascension to power in this world. In this world. In this world. You have to commit fornication. If there, if there is to be a transaction. <laughs> let's read, let's read. I, 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 I said what? One, right? One verse three. Did you see that? Without blemish. Let's read Numbers chapter 19 quickly. Numbers chapter 19. Now by now, I, I hope you can see that this is actually a genetic perfection, not a moral perfection. So to God, it was more important that, that, that Noah was, was genetically perfect than he was morally perfect. So morality was not the basis of his preservation. It was genetics. Let's read. Yeah, Numbers 19, 2, please. And this is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer without. So it, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't, any offering that they brought, they, they, it must be perfect. That means there must not be, be any blemish, any spot, any wrinkle, any defect with them. The defected ones, they were not accepted by the Lord. So God does not accept anything that is genetically compromised. So in your life, nothing genetically compromised or that genetically compromises you is accepted by God. When Jesus begins declaring the kingdom of heaven, what's the first thing he does more than anything? Is healed. Why? Why? Why does he heal more than anything? Because healing, healing or sickness and disease were genetic compromisations of the body. That's why in the kingdom, sickness and disease is not tolerated. Because they, they, are, they, are, they are what? They are indicators of genetic defects. So if what makes you think that if God does not accept, does not accept a blemish or a spotted or defected offering, what makes you think that he can accept your sick body? 
Because sickness is an avenue for genetic manipulation. Like I told you about the virus, what some RNAs does, they mutate. They destroy the body's own defense systems. Make you defenseless. It's about genetics. Why does all, all sickness doesn't attack the, the, the soul? It attacks what? It attacks the brain, either the brain or the body. Or the cells of the body. Why? So sickness is a defect. So if, if you were in Noah's day, would you enter the ark? If, if, if you were in Noah's day, would you qualify to enter the ark? Let's just say you are, you are holy, you don't sin, but you are defected, marred with sickness and disease. Would you enter the ark? Would you qualify to enter the ark? So we are daily disqualifying ourselves and placing us in danger of being excluded in the ark. So what, what, what God has to do is do what? Is to kill you. To save your spirit. Because genetic failure, genetic imperfection is not permitted. Yeah, now I was born with allergies. You are carrying and accepting something that was not, was not in the frame. And in the constitution of the kingdom you profess to belong to. Yeah, now I'm allergic to peanuts. That's a defect. It's a blemish. It's a spot in your blood. That thing you will try and access, access the corridors of heaven. And you say, di, 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 di. no, you're not allowed. You say, but, but no, I'm saved. I'm saying, no, you're not allowed. Your body's not fit. To become an instrument of war. God said to me, I was praying one night, God said to me, I cannot use you beyond your health. God said to me, I cannot use you beyond your health. You are as useful to God as your health, my brother. Noah was useful to God because Noah was healthy. That's what Tamim means. It means to be in health. He was useful to God. Offerings that were brought before the altar were useful because they were healthy. Anything that does not look like health is an imperfection. And that is, that is reason enough for you to be excluded. From the glorious church because they are criteria of the glorious church not everyone who is born again is part of the bride some will die at the betrothal stage at the engagement stage some are still courting jesus they will not become the glorious church Beloved, I wish above all things, 
I wish above all things. 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 Above all things. That ye be what? Prosperous. Be in good health. Even as thy soul prosperous. God doesn't use sick people. The anointing of God's spirit will be limited in a life that, whose body is defected. While your life is cursed, I mean a, an entire life, an entire generation was cursed because when man was supposed to eat, he ate what he was not supposed to eat. See why you can't function well. You keep ingesting in you the things you are not supposed to ingest. Things that are compromising the stability of your immunity against all these things that are in the world. A sick Christian is a disgrace to the kingdom. Because the Bible says the inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. So you are not an inhabitant. You are not justified as an inhabitant if your confession does not align with the reality of the inhabitant of the kingdom. The days of Noah are before us. The days of Noah are upon us. It's about genetics. In life, you are as impactful, you are as influential, you are as effective as the vibrancy, vitality of your body. Why some of you broke? Some of you are poor, lacking. You see, the indicator of life, the indicator of life is activity. Have you ever seen a sick person active? Are you, are, you, are you active when you are sick? That means life has been drained out of you. Because life is active. Says the word of God is living and active. That's life. Life is active. So the first preceding indicator, principle of prosperity, principle of success is health. The first principle, the eradication, the removal, and the restoration of the order of the function of the body. I can't see well. I can't see well. You are defected. You know, you listen, you can't listen. The, 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 the glorious church is a picture of the perfect Christ. And healing is a fruit you must bear if you want to avoid elimination before time.
That means you must enter into the genetic infrastructure of your life, of your body, and find out where is the, 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 the generational template that has been passed on, that involves all things that should not be in you, all things that are defects, and you, through the involvement and employment of the power of the Spirit, of the Word of God, eradicate them, uproot them out of your life. What sickness did Adam have in the garden? What disease did Adam have? The only sickness and disease that he had was after he ate what he did what was not supposed to eat. That's the only time he got sick. That's the only time he had allergies. Defense. When God began to show this to me, I went on my knees and said, Lord, help me. Ask yourself, how many Christians are sick in the world? Christians, I'm talking about Christians. How many of them are sick in the world? How many of them are under the spell of witchcraft? The spell of sorcery? The vaccination mandate in the world, who's pushing it more than anything? Who's, who's benefiting from this government? Who? They've been feeding you with crap, feeding your children with crap. Slowly but surely altering, making modifications internally in your DNA. Until they tell, no, that disease is a genetic disease. Let me show you something in, 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 in Ephesians, then we'll pray. Let me show you something that we'll pray. Ephesians chapter 5, please. So that I show you that the very same conditions that were laid on Noah for his preservation in the ark are the very same conditions that are laid in the days of the sun. Very same. They are the same. Remember, he was righteous. He was righteous and he was unblemished, unspotted. That's why he could enter the ark. There is heaven and then there is Christ. Those are two different locations. Christ, the Bible says, is, a, is the right hand of the power of God. That means your effectiveness in the kingdom is determined by your health. Because to be in Christ, in the glorious church, betrothed to him, he says you must be without spot and blemish. And I'll show you the mystery. I'll show you how to genetically cleanse your DNA. To genetically, maybe not today, but I'll show you. To genetically cleanse. How the Spirit showed me. To cleanse your DNA, your genetics. Free from any heredit uh, 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 hereditary uh, complications or complexities, and for for the for the for the information, the RNAs of your life to transport information from the spirit 
to switch from receiving information from the from your blood to to the spirit listen everything god created a living organism your cells are alive your cells they they are living they are living entities they are living organisms they are alive themselves you can't see them but they are alive Everything about you, the makeup of a human being, they are, every time you begin to, to be sick, something in you is dying. The loss of energy is, the, is what? Is the seeping out of life. <laughs> Your body uses a process called metabolism to maintain life it's a process to maintain life to break up all the nutrients your body your own body is a machine without you telling it that's what facilitates energy levels if if you are ever if you are ever <laughs> you know I love the Holy Ghost I love the Holy Ghost See, my brother and my sister, form a relationship with the Spirit. A working relationship with the Holy Ghost. Have in your life, in the Spirit, someone who can be honest with you. When you are flopping, when you are off track, when you are not where you are supposed to be. Someone who can say, yeah, that's not the way. That's not the way. The Spirit. The Spirit of God, oh my God. The Spirit, the Spirit of God. A person, you can be with 24 hours, you can't escape Him. But He's the wisdom of the world, He's the wisdom of the universe. Bible says God neither slumbers nor sleeps. Let's, let's read Ephesians and let's pray. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25. My focus is verse 26, 27. Right? Okay, let's read, let's read verse 32, please. This is a great, this is a great, so whatever he's saying before is a mystery. But he speaks this concerning Christ and the church. So whatever he's saying is really directed to us and him. Okay? Now let's read. Verse 25. Husbands, love your, even as Christ also loved them, and gave and gave, I, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. He said Christ gave himself for, there was a reason why. There was a reason why he gave himself for the church. You know the reason, right? Because of, because of the defect. The, look at, look at, look at Adam. He took the fall for Eve. Right? After Eve ate, there was no other way for Adam to do any other thing. He had to eat. 
He had to eat. There was no other way. Now he says, and gave himself. See, Christ gave him. Where did Christ give himself for the church? On the? So the giving of himself on the cross was for his church. Was for his wife. Was for his bride. Because his bride was sinful, sick. They did not know that they were his bride. Right? Even when we are yet dead in our sins, he sent his only son. Sinful, sick, diseased, genetically imperfect, defected, blemished, wrinkled, spotted. So what did he do? He gave himself. And what did he really give? What did he really give? He gave his, his blood. He gave his he gave his, he, he gave himself for it, he, right? He gave his blood. I want you to read that. He gave his blood that he might do what? Sancti, that he might do what? Sancti, yeah, and cleanse him. Oh, yay, 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 yay. That he might sanctify and so he's saying this is this is the way of love. <laughs> Look at me. This is the way of is not regular Msadiahama sweetie. Uh-uh. He says love is what? Is the sacrifice for the purpose of what? Oh Chris, where are you? Tired, <laughs> sleepy, yeah, didn't sleep. It's better. I don't worry, man. I was also there. It's painful, huh? God is teaching you something. Praise the Lord. Drink water, drink water. The mind is deeper. Anyways, he says that he might do what? Ozan, Ozan. That he might do what? So a man cannot sanctify his woman when he is himself dirty. <laughs> so he said. Jesus did give himself that he might do what? Sanctify to hollow or make holy. And then he said what? Especially mm. Nabasadi. Genetically, you are stained. All women. Genetically, okay, Let, let's, let's, let's boil it down to your, sorry, monthly things. the monthly woman. Yeah? He says they are what? They are? They are what? Unclean. Every time you go through those things, he says, your body becomes 
Right? Are you unclean? And you are unclean for how many days? Seven days. Wow. So genetically, there's something wrong with you. Look at me. I'm trying to help you. Whether you want to accept it or not. Genetically, there's something wrong with you. Are you listening to me? So, the, the, the first thing that happens to you or should happen to you is that stain must be what? Must be cleansed. Because, understand this, the first rebellion of man was led by a woman. It wasn't Adam that led the rebellion against God. It was a woman. And what did God say in the curse? He says, and thy desire shall be for thy husband. That's what God said to Adam. I mean to Eve. And thy desire. In, in, in pain, in, in childbirth, you shall have pain, right? And then he says, thy desire shall be for thy... Why, why did God say that? Why did... Look at... Look, don't, don't shy away. Look at... Why did God say that? Thy desire shall be for thy husband. That means, God was saying to the woman, your salvation, your salvation as a woman, ne, is in marriage. There was a law established that your, 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 your number one need is to be governed. So, a woman really, Mike, is saved twice. Is saved in salvation and is saved in marriage. Oh, you don't believe me? Yeah? Let me open the Bible for you. There's a reason. Remember, it's a mystery. I'm speaking in reference to Christ. It's a mystery. Yeah? But you, mysteries are twofold. I get Again? Yeah? <laughs> Woo! No. Hallelujah. Uh, let's read. Um, dear God. Let's read. Let's read Timothy. Let's read Timothy chapter 2, please. Uh, verse 12. Who you feel this thing? Who wrote the limo to our Are you there? Yeah, chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. We're going to pray now. Ne? And then after reading Ephesians. Ne? He says, in like manner, verse 8, let's read verse 8 so that you can get context. In like manner, I, I will therefore that man pray everywhere. That's why I told you it's important that your man prays. Man. God said, who is this addressed to? Man. He says, I would that man pray. Man pray. Lifting up holy hands. 
without wrath or doubting. Are you seeing that? Vengeance or faithlessness. In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shame. <laughs> ashiu, ashiu. With what? That women, women do what? In what? In orderly, well arranged manner. That's what he should say there. Right? With shamefacedness. That means with reverence. See, when a, if, a, if a woman doesn't have reverence on her face, you run away. And sobriety, as she did. What sobriety? Soundness of mind. Why, why is the Spirit of God saying this? That it's telling you, Mpoh, that number one, most men are not inclined to pray. Most men are not inclined to prayer. Most men are not inclined to faith. That's why, who, had, who, was, who was the dominant uh, 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 gender in Jesus' ministry? <laughs> so he says, men pray. Then he says, women. I want you to do three things. Women. He says, number one, they must, they must arrange their lives orderly. Number two, they must what? Have what? Arrange their life with what? Shamefacedness. Reverence, humility. And then number three, sobriety. What is sobriety? Sobriety means soundness of mind. Ask yourself, do women have soundness of mind? Let's leave there. Are I focus on these things. Not with broidered hair. What, what, what this is not with broidered gold or pearls or costly array. So can you see how women hides their, their pride, hides their defects? They hide them with what? Their braided hair with their costly shoes. With their what? With their apparel. They are hiding something. When you see a woman doing that, no, they are hiding something. Because the priority you give, you see, the priority you give, if you give, if you give preference to outward things, that means you are hiding something inward. Some are deceptive. They, they operate on the other way. So God says, put priority on these things, right? Then he says, verse, verse 10, But which becometh woman professing godliness with good works. Verse 11. Obedient, right? Subordination. So a woman will always be subordinate. Yeah, men and women must have equal positions, equal stance. Equal. Is that thing right? It's wrong. Why is it wrong? That's not the will of God, right? So it's a spirit that's bringing this thing. 
They're trying to put women above men. It's a spirit. Why? Because I told you, women by themselves are rebellious creatures. They want to behave like Eve. They headed the rebellion. You're not a woman. You are, you are something else. You are not a woman. Because the Bible says the, the, the sign of a woman, Mamti, is subordination. The sign of a woman is, remember, I'm, I'm teaching a mystery. The sign of a woman is subordination. The indicator that you are a woman is subordination. Shamefacedness. Sobriety. Yeah? But I suffer, look, listen to what Paul says, I suffer not a woman to teach. Nor to what? Usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Not to usurp authority over. So a woman must never have authority over a man. Remember, it's a mystery. Can the church ever have authority over Christ? It's a mystery. Remember, it's a mystery. Right? Are you there? For because Adam was first formed that Eve. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Are we there? Notwithstanding, she shall be what? Saved when? If they continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. And she shall be saved. <laughs> she shall be saved in childbirth. See, a woman is saved twice. She is saved in salvation and she is saved in marriage. It's a mystery. Jesus said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So what happens if you don't endure to the end? Does it mean you are not saved? Because he said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So what happens if, if along the way you flop? That means you are not saved. But are you saved salvation-wise? Yes. It's strange, huh? It's strange, huh? So there's a criteria for the second salvation. And it's not confessing the Lordship of Christ. It's being healthy. The criteria for rapture is health. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5. And then we'll pray. Yeah, you can tell them. My, my pastor said the criteria for 
the rapture, for you to qualify for rapture, is hell. It's not your prayer life. Is hell. Let's read. So, so a, a woman can never experience sanctification, can never experience cleansing without the first order being met, which is subordination. The church can never come into what? Can never come into the sanctification of the spirit and the cleansing of the blood until their lives are submitted. That he might sanctify her. Make her holy, set her apart. The word is hagiosmos. It comes from the word hagios, which means to set apart. So how Jesus was set apart the church, there's a process. How he was set apart the glorious church. And then cleanse her, purge her, purify her. That means you're dirty. So he says that he might cleanse her, that he might cleanse her, that he might cleanse her. This is the first stage, brother. That means when you come into Christ, you need to go under a genetic cleansing. You need to undergo a genetic cleansing. Because as long as the genetic coding is referencing your, your, your paternal generation, you are in danger. The, the realities of Christ cannot work in your life. So the first thing he does when he bethrows you, he does what? He sanctifies you. He takes you through a process of sanctification and purging, cleansing. And I'll show you how he does that. And it will make you understand why I started with what I said to you. With the beach water. It will make you understand why. And to show you that in us, see, every time we fall sick, we become weak. It shows there are, there are genetic impurities in us. It means the life of Christ has not had its full power over us. I mean, if, if you eat something and then you are allergic to it and then you cough it out and it makes you sick, that means that thing has more power over you. You, you, you have a, that means your spirit, your soul, your body, your genetics are weak. Wow. It sounds offensive, but it's true. And I will show you in this series why it's important to bless and pray for your food. I'll show you why. Why you must always pray for your food. The Bible says all things are sanctified by prayer and the word of God. 
Why? Why was God Israel's nutritionist? Look at the laws. God tells them, eat this, don't eat it, don't eat this thing, but eat this this way. Fry this, don't boil this. Boil it, don't fry it. So God was a what? He was a nutritional coach. Israel had God as their nutritionist. And that's why they did not have any defects, any sicknesses. Who's your nutritionist? God is a nutritionist. The healer, the rafa, is the nutritionist. Because God's goal is not, you see, God's goal is not to heal you. Preservation is more important than healing. It's greater than healing. So God's goal is to preserve you from the impurities that can harm you. And he knows what foods are good, what foods are bad. Out of all the trees in the garden you may eat, this one don't eat of, it's bad for you. He knows, he's God. He was a nutritionist in the garden and a nutritionist in Israel. Only the body of Christ doesn't have him as a nutritionist. Adam ate what he was not supposed to. Where did that lead him? It changes genetics out of the garden. See, you, you see, you see, the way out of a good life, the way into a good life, is where? They say you have two brains. You have this brain here that controls the nervous system and then you have the second brain, which is your gut. The waste system. Why do you have a gut to excrete all these things? Why do you have a gut? It shows something is wrong with you. How many times do you go to a toilet a day? So, nah, nah, I'm special. I only go once a week. You are dying inside. Some, you are dying inside. You are dying inside. And you don't know. You think oh, it's normal. I'm special. Imagine you're carrying on poison that's supposed to leave your body. It's staying. What's it doing to you? And you're fine with it. You know, you're fine. And you're going around tearing shit. Bunch of poison going around. For years. Yes. <laughs> or I'm healthy. Talk to me, talk to me. What part of you is healthy? Do I want a mom teeth? No, no, the power of God is coming. No, 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 no. 
No, 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 no. That means your body is not working as it should. Why is your body not working as it should? It's because you are not healthy. Why not healthy? Because you are what? Defected. Why are you defected? Because you're compromised. And you are fine. You're fine. You're okay. Mazincha will stop you from reaching Gloria State Church. Uncleansed. And then he might what? Cleanse her. What's to cleanse? Cleanse means the removal of impurities. The removal of toxins. The removal of poisonous substances. Then he might cleanse. Then he might... That means there are impurities, toxins. Mazincha will stop you from being the glorious church. Look at, look at how you're laughing at me. Look, look at how you're laughing. No, laugh, laugh. I'm not against that. Laugh. It's because I, I think you don't realize the full import of what I'm communicating to you. Feces, excretions, Waste by themselves are, are poisonous substances in the body. Imagine they stay three weeks there and you're carrying it around. It's your second brain. What does it do to your mind? What does it do to your energy? What does it do to your thinking? What does it do to your livelihood? What does it do to your happiness? What does it do? There's a reason why Jesus said don't stress or don't worry. Because you know what happens to the body when you worry? It constricts. Your gut constricts. Ask yourself, where are toilet when you are stressed? Where are toilet when you are stressed? Where are toilet when you are stressed? You don't. You can stay a month and not go. Why? Your bowels are arrested. The Bible talks about the bowels of Christ, the affection of Christ here, the gut, the splatna, the place from which affections originate, the splatna. Imagine if that place is poisonous. That's why you don't, can't work in the miraculous. Your splatna is dead. Die. Do you know that your colon, your gut does not have does not have uh, what, what you call sensitivity uh, uh, indicators. There's no, there's no sensitivity receptacles. In other words, it does not feel pain. Your gut does not feel pain. There's no pain receptors that, that are connected from your brain to your gut. There are none. Imagine you start feeling pain here. What's wrong? What's happening? Because the place does not have any pain receptors. Mario, you're feeling pain in the gut. <laughs> Something is wrong with you. That means that poison is chewing you up. That RNA is, is messing you up. Sooner or later, you'll be compromised genetically. Let's read, let's read, let's read, please. Then he might cleanse her. I'll show you how. 
that he might cleanse her with that he might cleanse her verse 26 read please with the washing of water by the the word that shouldn't have been washing the word that should have been baptism that he might sanctify and cleanse the church with the baptism of water through the word so he's saying the way to sanctification, the way to purification, the way to cleansing is what? Is a baptism, an immersion in the word. So if you are not immersed, if you are not submerged, if you are not baptized in the word, you are not sanctified enough. You are, you, 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 you are bordering the, 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 the crossroad and you are in danger. So he says the first stage when you enter marriage with Christ is deep submersion. He takes you, he plunges you in the water of the word. He baptizes you in the word and you must stay there until you come out cleansed, genetically cleansed. It's not, hey, I'm not talking about spiritually here. Spiritually you are a new creation. Spiritually you have a spirit from heaven. There's no work that needs to happen in your spirit except growth, development and strengthening. The work that needs to be done is in the soul and in the body. More so in the body. So he submerges you. Spirit, soul, and body. He says, I pray that your spirit, soul, and body may be what? Found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he submerges you. Live in the word. Live in the word. That means, that means as you meditate, you undergo a genetic process of what? Sanctification and what? Cleansing. So all the genetic impurity flushes you out and what remains in you is the uncorruptible seed of the word. That he might present her, verse 27, first he sanctifies, then he presents. He sanctifies, he what? Presents. Sanctifies and cleanses. So sanctification and cleansing must precede what? Presentation. And present it to himself a what? A glorious church. You heard me during the week making, begin to make requests for certain funds to get certain equipment. I was in prayer six weeks ago. And above me, I saw words floating in the air. Glory in the word kept meeting. Glory in the word kept meeting. As I read it, I think I read it maybe two or three times. The spirit of God says to me. The ministry of my word is the most important one in this age of man. Everything is working to aid its purpose and advancement. So just as Moses presented himself to me for 40 days and nights to receive my words, so you and Raphael from 2022 must begin broadcasting my word to my people three times every year for 40 days and nights at a time. 
You must present my people before me through my word in these camp meetings. I will use them to cleanse, to sanctify, and to remove them from the stain of this world. You shall broadcast them from Durban and Pretoria from January 2022. These meetings shall be called Glory in the Word Camp Meetings. There you will teach and I will do the rest. Be faithful because if you do this, I will give you a media and communication ministry. For this is how I intend to publish the message I've put on your lips to the nations. The Spirit of God said that to me. He said, just as Moses sat on the mountain for 40 days and nights and received my word. He says, I want you to broadcast my word for 40 days and nights. So the, the funds that I requested for from you were for this purpose. We need to broadcast, publish the word of God. This is what I believe is what the Lord calls baptism in the word. You see, I wondered, I, you know, I was wondering, why aren't people's life changed? And, it, and you know what God said to me? You know what God said to me? It, he said, because you're not preaching it enough. Because you're not preaching it enough. So according to the Lord, look at Paul, for three years, before, before what happened in Acts chapter 19 happened, the Bible says for three and a half years, Paul taught day and night. Until the entire city came to listen to him. Then the Bible says, so mightily grew the word and prevailed. So the consistent presentation of God's word is essential for the manifestation of the word of God in the lives of children, in, in the lives of the children of God. Titus chapter 1, that he might, what? he might manifest his word through the preaching of the gospel. So, to see true manifestations of the word, there has to be a consistent, perpetual ministry that goes on. So, once a, a, a week is not enough, daily. So, that's what we're going to start doing. And that's why I need you to bring those funds as soon as possible. Because as soon as we get those funds and we get those equipment, we can broadcast the word of God every single day. My intentions is to create a radio to broadcast, a radio podcast to broadcast the word of God every day. Because I, I realize that's the only way to baptize God's people. And from January right up until February, every single day, we will have live broadcast sessions. Four hours, three hours in the Word of God. We don't have to gather here. That's why the Lord said broadcasting. Daily, for 40 days. Imagine what will happen. What happened to Moses? That's what we must ask ourselves. What happened to Moses? Says, for 40 days, 40 nights, he ate no food. And he did not know while he spake to him that the skin of his face shone. I wonder what God is trying to do with you. You see, so the money we need is for that. My advice to you, if you have to go 
hungry one month just so that you can make this thing a reality. You can bring these funds. Let it be. Let it be. Because this is not going to be used for any private use. No, it's for the benefit of your spirit. It's for the benefit of your spirit. Satan knows that, you see, why, why do all these shows of yours play every day? Now, now they, they, they create omnibuses. Box set. They no longer release every week. They release all at once. Why? To get you to binge. Because if you stay there long enough, you will inherit something from that series. The, whatever is going on on the screen will jump into your life. Now we are bringing the logos and the rhema to the airwaves. Next year is the year of prosperity. For you to enjoy prosperity, you need to be healthy. And for you to be healthy, you must be purified. You must be cleansed with what? Baptism into the world. See how all these things gather together? It's the intelligence of the spirit. You see, only when you sit down and you start connecting the dots, you see how connected they all are. Baptism. God wants to baptize you in the world. The apostle says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Continually. And they continued in the apostles' doctrines weekly. When? Weekly. You see, we wonder why, we wonder why the early church was so effective, so powerful. And then we ask ourselves, why are we as powerful? We gather most. You gather weekly. They gather daily. Breaking bread in their houses. They had an hour of prayer. They had an hour of the world. So we're going to have our first Glory in the World camp meeting January. January the 1st, we start broadcasting. So we are busy setting up, I'm busy setting up. We're busy setting up with Pastor Raphael, the systems that will make us broadcast effectively to be presented to the Lord. Says so that he might present her to himself. The command of the Lord is to present his people to him. <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights. That's what we'll be doing. I only wish we had a place where we can gather like that consistently for 40 days and 40 nights. God knows what would happen. Well, all you do, you just go home to go, to go take a nap and eat and come back again. But those days are coming. Those days are coming. Those days are coming. We are, we are nearing those days. We are nearing those days. Hallelujah. Glory. So he said that he might present to himself a glorious church. Read there. Not having 
Did, did I not tell you that Noah's Ark is a type of rapture? And did I not tell you that the same conditions that had to be met by Noah must be met for everybody who wants to be a participant in the glorious church? There you have it. They must not have spot or blemish. Where? In their genetics. I think we'll stop here today. No any such thing but that you'll be holy without blemish. Do you see that? Noah just and without blemish. So, so God has a way to genetically cleanse you. Genetically purify you. And we'll probably be dealing with those in our next session. Hallelujah. Baptism in the word. We have baptism in the spirit, but rarely have we been educated in the baptism, the immersion of the word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Now do you see the genetic warfare that you've been fighting? Unawares, whether you know it or not, you've been fighting a genetic warfare in your bloodline, fighting a genetic warfare in this world. There is nothing more important to God than the health of your body. If that thing breaks down, you become useless to God. God can't use you. God can't use you. So there's no way being sick, being diseased, can be part of the will of God for your life. No way. Absolutely no way. So next week, we will continue along these lines. Hallelujah. But I believe we've laid a foundation and given God's people something to go home and think about. Think about. Hallelujah. So I want to our Lanza for their allergy. Our Lanza. Ayi, 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 I get you peanut butter. Why is I get you peanut butter? What's what's wrong? It's a phobia. It's a phobia. Something's wrong there. Something is wrong. Why is that key in peanut butter? Oh God Almighty. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mara, before, before Dita, Dirapelet. So what happened then to the prayer? What happened to the prayer? Where's the power of the prayer, Benno? Where, where is, if they shall drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them? Where is it? Out the window. Because you have faith in your fears more than you do in the word of Jesus Christ. Injury and sickness are two different things.
And do you hear what I said? Injury and sickness are two different things. Don't call for sickness. Don't ask for it. It looks for the weakest link. When there's a flu uh, virus going out, it catches the weak. Again, because not everybody catches it. The weak, they'll get it. says no man ever hated his own flesh but I look some of you you hate your flesh you know what the Lord said to me he says your first marriage is to your body and your soul if that one doesn't work out I don't think you'll have you work out with anyone no man ever hated his own. You cannot love or respect others beyond the respect and the love you have for yourself. You can't love someone more than you. It's impossible. Beyond that, it's not love. It's something else. It goes by another thing. It's not love. And it, 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 the evidence of self-respect is shown by self-discipline. If you can't be disciplined, you don't respect yourself. You don't respect yourself. You don't. If, if there's nothing in your life that you are, dis you are disciplined in, you have no respect for yourself, no matter what you tell yourself. Because if you respect yourself, you should be disciplined enough to do the things that you intend to do, even after the feeling of doing them leaves. Is love. That's what the Bible says. There's no higher commandment than this. Love the Lord thy God. With, with the Lord thy God is with all your heart, all your mind, everything, every part of you. With your neighbor is as you love thyself. So you can't destroy your body. You, if you love your body, you can't destroy it. You only have one body. God doesn't give you two bodies. You don't have hop around. You don't mess up this body and then you hop up to the next. The body you have is the only one you got. Don't take care of it. God will destroy you and eat. It's Bible. It's not me. So you are a caretaker. You are a steward. So, you see, if, if you can't be a... If, how, how do you... If you can't steward your body, how do you steward money? How do you steward money? If you can't trace what enters into you, what goes out of you, how can you steward your money? How can you steward what enters your bank account, what comes out of it? Stewardship begins with the, the, the very first asset God gave you, your body. By the time we are done here, some of you must leave certain things. Certain foods you must stop eating. By the time we are done with this series, if you are serious about your life, some of you, there are certain things you need to let go. They've been killing you. They've been destroying you. God said to me, I cannot use you. The level of your anointing in your life will be limited by your health. 
and the health of men comprises of three, three things. Activity. Activity. The internal combustion systems of your body. And rest. If you are not active, you don't rest. You know that? You know that? Some of you, your hearts are as little as when you are 25 years old. The heart is a muscle, it needs to grow. And how does the heart grow? Through activity. Intense activity. Your heart expands. high blood pressure. You know how blood pressure. explain blood pressure. blood pressure. right? arteries. arteries are much travel throughout the entire body. If enough to pump blood through your body. That means if your heart is small, it has to pump two or three times as much as a person whose heart is big. So what happens over time is because if, if the heart does not enlarge, it has to work over time. And the arteries constrict. So when the arteries constrict, the heart has a hard time passing through oxygen through the blood, to your, bla- uh, through your, to your brain, through your to your body. So you, you end up developing cholesterol. You end up developing heart uh, issues. And you know what's the solution? It's not pills. You know what's the solution? The solution is to make your heart bigger. How do you make your heart bigger? You put on your shoes, you wake up at night, in the evening or in the morning, you go and run. You go and run until you feel like you want to faint. You do that every day of your life, your heart grows bigger. Why uh, can you run a marathon? But look at Elio Epchuge. Uh, 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 he can run a marathon like nothing. Like he's been taking a walk. What's the difference between him and you? You and I, by the time you feel like, why? Your heart is small. So it's working over time to what? To pump oxygen through the blood into your entire body. Ellen Kopchungi, he's been doing it for years. So his heart has become big. So it doesn't work as hard as your body. That's why it can go longer. So the only solution, make your heart grow bigger. That's, that's it. How can you You are a slow thinker. How now imagination? Always feeling low. What's the problem? The brain is a muscle. The brain controls the electrical impulses of your nervous system. It's a muscle. That means it can expand, it can contract. How does a brain contract or become large? Through what? Through resistance. What is the resistance of the heart? The resistance of the heart is what? Is intensity, is running, is doing things that make your heart pump faster. So that in the long run, your heart can pump what? It can become bigger and pump slower and remove all these issues in your body. What's the solution for unimaginative thinking, uncreativeness? 
You do what? You exercise it. How is the mind exercised? Is exercised through words. So you do things that exercises the mind. Complex questions. Complex. Where no one can something that's complex. How about? You can't. You can't sustain energy to watch National Geographic. Uh, you like I I I can level the fish this week. That's why you have a mind that thinks 10 times lesser than it should. It's not that you are, no, you are not exercising it. Why will you flabby Jackson? It's not genetics. Why will you flabby Jackson? You want to do flabby Jackson? Flabby Jackson. Flaps, you have flaps all over you. That thing, that thing called fat in you, you know what it's called? You know what it's called? It's reserve energy. So you're walking around, reserve energy. That means you are not using the energy that you should use. You are not placing any demands on energy on your body. So it stores it because the body, God, the body is like God, they don't waste. So energy that not used goes somewhere. When I want only scrawny box, I want a muscle, I want a fat, I want a neck. You know, only rap or fell a little tissue. Why only come cold? Why are you like that? It is forget me, yo. And then we tell people to join the gym. They tell us, no, no, I can't join the gym. I can't do it. Yet it is, it is the most important thing. The most important thing after prayer to your life. How much is the gym? How much do you pay for a gym? 390. 380. 380 minus 30. How much? Is, I mean, divided by 30. How much is it? It's probably 19 rands. 19 rands a day to use machines worth 2 million, 3 million. And he said, no, I can't enough. For speaking crap long hours with your friend at the corner. And you wonder why goodness and mercy is not following you. You, but you would rather buy, you rather buy some big unhealthy thing, go, go, go restaurant. No, we are enjoying ourselves. You rather buy sneakers, rather buy shoes. Irrepture fig, Uzosala. 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 They will, they will, they will dilapidate your health to such a point where something The Holy Ghost told me to go to the gym. The Holy Ghost. Pray. 
And where I want to take you, you can't go. Go gym. Now he told me, change your nutrition. Holy Ghost. Now my entire library has changed. I have, I have about... I have about 40 books I bought in the last month on nutrition, exercise. Why? I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. And I want, I want to be able to retain my capabilities. The brain, you see, the mind is not in the brain, but the body needs the brain. Three, three areas that are detrimental. If, if those areas are affected, you are finished. If, if the brain stops working, you are finished. If the heart stops working, you are finished. If your gut stops working, you are finished. nutritional value. nutritional value. It aids nothing. series. I'm telling you, see, I'm serious. I'm here, I'm serious. Yeah, here, now I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not kidding around with you here. I want to see people take action with their lives. Otherwise, stop coming to church. Stop, go find another church. Go find another church where you haul a day in and day out. Because here we can't give you the word of life and you not take necessary actions to sort out your life. If you can't join the gym, put on a pair of shoes, start running. It will be hard on the first day. If you continue to the 30th day, it will be much easier. Let's see how much you love yourself. I want to see people changing their lifestyle. Are you listening to me? Otherwise, stop coming here. Stop, stop. Waste our time. Come here to church. You're slaggy. You can't move. But it's a spirit. It's not a spirit. It's not a spirit. Kalusai toilet. Kalusai toilet. You're so unhealthy. How how would you anything? Did you just off? Oh, sweat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's be healthy. Are you listening to me? It's a command in the institution of the kingdom. It's a command. If you want, if you want, if you want to even count yourself among, among the raptured, otherwise, Uzofa. Uzofa, get last day. 
आगे गुलास्ते सो विल बेरी यू गॉड विल सी दैट्स विल योर बॉडी विल गो अंडर अर्थ फॉर वेटिंग रूम फॉर रेप्चर हालेलुया 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 your body your body is a carbon based entity we'll talk about that next week in in genesis chapter 2 ya na 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 kutane limeti marambe koko namfe koko ara utlwa marameti aya aya that's why skin sake is warm ile ga rona le 85 ona le 80 wo mi le ga rona le 85 marona le te le fe ka re ka go hudisa ona le 20 hallelujah your body are exposed the people nyana tse ona le tsone ya bona sore ka da yes khamors hallelujah hallelujah otherwise you'll be genetically compromised na vaccine see bona next year is coming what did i say stay of what prosperity and prosperity and destruction you are not disabled you're not in a wheelchair get up and move i listen to me you're not retarded you're not stephen hawking I'm, oh your mind is your mind is working Pro- probably might not be working optimally but work it work it you're not born intelligent intelligence is, is is the connections that your brain make the neuro, neurological uh, uh, connections that they make making you your whole body system fire some of you you don't your, your neurons your brain is in fire it's not firing there's no spark that's why bible says no no that dreams live it why you're not you're not exercising your brain there's no neuroplasticity you're not exercising o flabby jackson in your brain o clouded flabby jackson hallelujah your body must have muscle there must be muscle in your body more muscle than fat now if you don't have both you are in danger because that that means you need to be cleansed hallelujah join a gym join a gym when we get out of here look for the gym that's nearest to you join a gym if you can't join a gym start running 
but do some help, do something. Activity, never forget this. Activity. Oh no, oh no, oh, that, that 73 year old uh, white, white man. Woman is in health. When any joints are how they tight, they locking, how you're lazy. Activity, activity is a manifestation of life. Activity is a manifestation of life. Let's say Lira the outing. Alira the outing is our activity. No, let's just go on the beach. Let's go lie down. Hell, life for what? For what? Talk about how depressive your life is. Hell, climb a mountain. Climb a mountain. Go swim. You can't even swim. Would you mind if there's a flood? No, you're the first to die. Can't even swim. Take out your offerings, take out your offerings, take out your tithes, take out everything. You can't even swim. <laughs>